Hello, I'm Katie Manning, and I want to welcome you to Doctor Who's Line Is It Anyway? <laughs> well, I thought I'd improvise and put a few dots in there. Anyway, where everything, everything is made up, a bit like life, really, darling, and neither script nor canon matters as requested. And there's nothing <laughs> nicer than making things up, darling, because they're all so wonderful and it means that you go right into the important bit your imagination which is endless Sorry, I didn't see you there. Ha <laughs> ha. How are you doing? Welcome back to Doctor Who's line, is it? Anyway, and as per last week, we're in review mode. Yes, no improv for the time being from us. There will be more coming, fear not. Um, hopefully sooner rather than later. But for the time being, we're reviewing season 12. We've become a normal podcast. What is the world coming to? So, as with last week, the same five of us have got together... And we're talking now about part two of Spyfall. What did we think? Well, have a listen and find out. Over to me and the others. Hello, listeners. Welcome to our second review, the second part of Spyfall, second episode of the 2020s. And first of all, what did we think, everybody? Did we like? Yeah, Mm -hmm. pretty much so. Did it live up to part one? Pile of shite. (laughs) (laughs) well that was well that shut down the conversation in a hurry i think that needs some elaboration <laughs> and thank you very much viewers well, yes we need to find out if that's a genuine opinion or whether we're just being wound up <laughs> no, I thought it was. I, I, I thought for the most part it was rubbish. Oh, okay. A lot of things about it I did like, but um, considerably more that I didn't. But I'll, I'll, I'm sure we'll get into that as we go on. So very much a story of two halves for you then. Oh, without a doubt, yeah, yeah. First half was exceptional. Second half, not awesome. so exceptional in your view. No, no. Okay. Fair enough. Right. So uh, let's start at the beginning and then with the res the. Uh, Yes. And what I saw was good. <laughs> I liked it. <laughs> what yeah, I saw. Sue, Sue, who is Sue, who is coming? Yes, you've, you've seen four seconds of it, haven't you, Sue? <laughs> <laughs> no, she saw about uh, six or seven minutes. Yeah. Two scenes, but two long scenes. My my stupid thing is uh. There we go. The um the epileptic <laughs> in the room says the parts that I can see they were very good. I very much enjoyed. Okay. Well, hopefully the six there'll, be, I can there'll see. be the two things that Darren liked as well. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so starting off then with um, with the cliffhanger, the resolution to the cliffhanger. What oh, shit? I thought that was a bit silly. <laughs> Who well, the hell ever heard of a plane flying without a fucking cockpit? Oh come on! <laughs> yeah. I know it's a, I know it's a sci-fi series, but for the love it of was, God, but in at least have some you know, common in, sense. In a kind of. Um, Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, what was it? The uh, Curse of Fatal <laughs> Death kind of way. There's a good basis for a comparison. Well, it is, yes. I mean, it was the same kind of thing, you know, the, the, the master going, I have laid a trap mm-hmm. for you because I've gone back in time and laid a trap, and then the doctor yeah. saying, ah, oh, yes, but I went in time before you laid the trap and unlaid mm-hmm. the trap kind of thing. So so it's the, it's the same kind the same kind of basic thing, really. Everyone would have been, would have been blown out of the fucking thing for a start. Oh, by the way, shut the door. <laughs> the pressure differentials would have sucked everything out of the plane at the very beginning, including all of the oxygen, so everyone lost consciousness. That's from the former chemist <laughs> in the room. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And why did he have his flight computer under the floor and not where everyone yeah. else has it? Well, actually, doesn't she travel back in yeah. time with the other two to actually install those bits? She was fucking about for a long time then, wasn't she? It's time to have nice little labels printed off with Ryan's name on it, have things laminated. <laughs> she couldn't have just phoned them up and said, Oi, uh, plug the phone in down there, will you? Mm-hmm. The whole concept was pretty contrived. 
Slightly. <laughs> Why do I sound like I'm at in Seaview? I swear to God, I'm hearing these little beeps and these little boinks, and I sound like I should be. No, this is Sue. Of, it, it's not an emu. It's an ostrich, and it's Sue. In Seaview, doing uh, sticking her head in the sand to avoid any flashes. No, that's that's dip dop. But you know the the. <laughs> Sorry, did you say, why do you sound like you're in an emu? No, see... <laughs> a submarine. Ah. No, no, it's Sea View. The, what was the... Voyage mm. to the Bottom of the Sea. <laughs> that, that TV show. It was constantly... You oh, heard... with the talking dolphin. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. Oh my God! That's Flipper. <laughs> oh no, that was Sequest. Oh, I like that. That's Sequest. No, not Sequest. <laughs> Do you ever get the feeling, yeah. listeners, that you've lost control of things? Frequently. <laughs> and on, on a day when we don't have very much time, things are slightly going off off topic. <laughs> okay, I'll be quiet. <laughs> okay. Hmm. Yes. So we had that, and then we had um, the, the Doctor escaping from the, the the top of someone's head, as we mentioned the last time, <laughs> or, or somebody else. I think in one of the other podcasts I listened to thought it was a shag pile carpet. <laughs> well, we still don't really know what that is either, do we? Just that it's sort of like their dimension. Their dimension, but I, I, I you know, I, I don't have a problem with that. With something not be, you, you don't have to explain everything mm-hmm. all the time. I think too many people go, oh well. But this happened and that was never explained. It's like, well, no, but, you know, imaginations are there for a reason. Yeah. You know, use your own headcanon as to, as mm-hmm. to what, the, what it was or, or what yeah. happened in that instance. I do, I do get the so, feeling we'll be seeing more of them. Mm-hmm. I think potentially we will be seeing more of them, yes. I mean, we're obviously we're going to be seeing more of the Master at some point. Yeah, and, um, and Barton. And I would be surprised if it wasn't in this in this season. And and Barton, I would suspect as well, yes. So Absolutely. So, um, I because think otherwise he's just, he's just upped and gone with no consequence. Yeah, yeah. in much the same way as, uh, was, it, was it Robertson, uh, Chris Noth's character from last season? Oh, yeah. Um who, who it also wouldn't surprise me if we saw again this year to be honest with you seeing as he was a Chris Chibnall creation in the first place anyway uh, who, and that was definitely left open ended who, who was he? he was the, the guy in Arachnids in the UK the guy who owned the hotels who basically who was going to go who was going to run for president of the United yeah, States yeah I remember oh yeah yeah um, the, the yeah, yeah and, and basically just walked away at the end so yeah I wouldn't be I wouldn't be the slightest bit surprised if uh, if, if he came back to be honest with you ooh he could have been the master too all re- just uh, yes yeah no, I, I, I think we all I think different... we need to get away from okay. this every time a female character comes up oh it could be Susan it could be the Rani no, I think <laughs> uh, any, anybody of any note who turns oh he could be the master because we had three of them last week and we're not adding any more uh-huh. this week <laughs> Well, he was prime minister. Maybe he wants to be president too. That's why I like Star Trek Deep Space Nine because you can sit and watch it and say that coffee table could be Odo, that chair could be Odo, yeah. that ceiling fan could be Odo, that cushion could be Odo. Yes. The now, the now sadly late Odo. Yeah. Yes. That's Recently sad. departed. Very sad. But uh, so, uh, so back to the the episode yeah. in hand, um, mm-hmm. and obviously. The vast majority of of the episode really focused on the Doctor and the Master. Well, before we got um, to that, mm-hmm. we had the bit with yeah. um, Barton and his mummy issues. Well, that, that, yeah, part, uh, um, Barton and his mummy issues was was some way further on, weren't they? They were they were towards the end of the episode when he um, he, he he invites in inverted commas his his mother to the the aircraft hangar. Yeah, so he's basically just a prick because he's got mummy issues. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> uh, much of the criticism that was levelled at Sutek, it has to be said. Well, yeah. But we still don't really know what the other 7% of his DNA was. Well, no, he did say something about, you know, experimenting on himself. And yeah, oh, they've, and t- they've like been that. experimenting on him, or yeah, he, he, he let them test on him or something. But, I mean, it's very, it very vague. Yeah, he, he was the proof of concept. Yeah. Yes. So, OK, if we're going to run through things in sequence then... Uh, first of all, we have the Doctor escaping from the realm, as we'll call it, and 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 appearing mm-hmm. quite unexpectedly in um, in nineteenth century uh, Victorian England at a mm-hmm. at a at an inventors' fair, where she meets Charles Babbage and Ada Gordon, as it was at the time, but uh, obviously mm-hmm. Ada Lovelace. Um, that came out of left field a bit. Yeah, did like I did like that scene. Yeah, 
I, I, I loved Lovelace uh, or Ava Gordon. I thought she was fantastic. Me too. Um, I thought the whole setting was was really nice, and the master's entrance was just sublime. It was, it was, and lovely to see the tissue compression elementator actually being used. Yeah, uh, the, the, well, that was beautiful. There mm. were a lot more shades of the what I would call the classic master in Sasha Dawan's mm. performance than yeah. in, mm-hmm. say, John Sim or Missy or. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's much more a return to the less frenetic style. I, I really like. Yes, I think he was he was probably closest to John Sim when he came back after he'd been Razor in uh, Win World Enough in Time. Yeah, and he was back as the Master in uh, in the Doctor Falls when he was mm-hmm. he was mostly calmer and subdued and and just just nasty for the sake of being nasty. And this was very much the Master in this. But you know, there mm-hmm. were there were some some shades in there as well that lovely little conversation that they had we're skipping forwards again a bit here but when they're at the top of the Eiffel Tower oh I adored that uh, and uh, by the way mm-hmm. um, did I ever apologise for um, Jodrell Bank. Bank yeah I loved that <laughs> no and he just says good good mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> why Why she Why she chose to meet him at the top of the Eiffel Tower I've no idea <laughs> I, I think um Aesthetics, <laughs> mm. <laughs> aesthetics, and, and, it, and it should have been out of the way. And obviously, there is nowhere to escape from there. So, yeah, true. Yeah, potentially because she had already set up, hadn't she, for the uh, for the Nazis to come and get him. And the, so that was another thing that reminded me of Delgado's master. Was seeing the um, this master disguised in a military uniform that was very reminiscent of the Sea Devils. I really like that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Although, of course, because he'd used this uh, this sort of psychic field thing to yeah. um, so that they didn't see his ethnicity, which obviously the the Germans would very much not, or the Nazis, I should say, would very much not have, <laughs> have agreed with, as that was a lot of what they were about. <laughs> um, he could have mm-hmm. worn anything. A lot. I've seen him in a military uniform. Yeah. <laughs> well, that and pottery. You know, they they were they were thoroughly against pottery. Yeah. So. Uh, so the doctor has has, uh, has escaped back to um, back to the inventors' fair um, with all those wonderful adventure adventures inventions, including the computer and the personal mm-hmm. grenade. <laughs> I see a lot of use for the personal grenade. <laughs> no, no hope. Oh, oh, I want one of those. I want one of those just to pass. I just want to sit it on the <laughs> dashboard of my van while I'm driving around. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Just to see if it would go off. Just to see the reactions I get. <laughs> Yell at me, will you? <laughs> Here's a delivery. Here's a delivery for you. <laughs> free of charge. Free of charge. It'd be great for just <laughs> dropping off the bridge into open top cars. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to point out that these are not the views of all members of Doctor Who's line, is it anyway? <laughs> and, no. And not no. all of us. Not all of us partake in such actions. <laughs> Um, I, I would have thought the tissue, the tissue compression eliminator would have been better, though. This is just purely fantasy. That was just cool. Being a delivery person myself, and the the idea when you've got a parcel and it won't go anywhere, just use the tissue compression eliminator <laughs> on it, shrink it down, stick it through the letterbox. Job done. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, I need one of those. <laughs> and everything would fit in my van in one trip. Here's your brand new wok. Sorry, it's going to be a bit awkward to cook in. <laughs> Well, presumably, the the, uh, the here's some tires. Here's the tires for your truck. It might fit a matchbox, but here's the damn tires for your truck. <laughs> I would imagine that the that the technology would would exist in the fictional universe that we're in to to have a a, a reverse version of the tissue compression eliminator, which would make something something small much bigger. Right. Soak it in water and yeah. rehydrate. That'd be so awesome. Either that or just add water. You'll be fine. Same joke, different different telling. <laughs> How awesome would that be in the real world to have something like that? Shrink all that shit, drop off a micro box at the door, zap it again, and walk away. <laughs> mm. oh my God, that would be so awesome! It'd be like shrink it, stick it inside, stick it inside someone's very small porch, <laughs> put it back to normal size. Watch the porch gradually expand and exactly. crack. I could, I could use it on my waistline. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that, if I do that, it's a one-way trip. 
<laughs> I don't want it to re-expand. <laughs> and the tissue compression eliminator also obviously had a, a variation of the original noise, did you notice? Yeah. That was nice to see. Yeah. Ow. Uh, of course, the, the TCE was very much a, a, an Ainley device, really. Mm. The, the obviously, Delgado's master mm. you know, was seen to, to shrink mm. people, but it was Ainley's master that really used mm-hmm. the device you know, mostly, so... So uh, lots of uh, lots of Ainley reference this time. Well, with Lucopolis right. and that. And no, nice to see it didn't. Mm-hmm. Nice to see it didn't look like a dildo this time as well. <laughs> <laughs> no, and it works much quicker. Yeah, yeah. Um, and 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 that scene in the uh, in the inventor's fair, where the, well, were you talking? He says to the woman, "No, no," and um, and they, and mm-hmm. then just just zaps her anyway for the sake of it. Nice, nice to see the master being thoroughly ruthless. Mm-hmm. And that it just makes me feel good. And I thought, but the but the face. That's because that you're had, a psychopath. <laughs> me? No, I'm not. No. But just the, just the fact that he said that, and then the face that he had at the time that he said it, he definitely did not feel good about what he did. It just makes me feel good in my heart. And it's like, yeah, yeah, you would be smiling a lot more. Mm. <laughs> You'd be leering and sneering. You're not leering and sneering. You're kind of like in pain. And I love that about his his master is that it it truly is being evil, being bad, being what he is and what he was meant to be isn't exactly what he wants to be. And that there is some torture there. And it's like not just the pounding in his head, the whole drumbeat thing, which I don't like. But I'm, the, I'm pleased. I'm pleased that the pounding in the head thing seems to have been pretty much pushed to one side. Yeah, thank God. I never, pati- mm-hmm. I never particularly liked that. No. Although, with the uh, with the Morse code signaling, I was. That's just what I was going to say. But then the yeah. doctor explains that this is the rhythm of two hearts beating. Yes. Mm-hmm. She actually. Yeah. She actually took it in a different direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it it just it just uh, it expands on it really, doesn't it? It's the same thing. It's yeah. the same noise. But why not have it as a heartbeat? I mean, let's face it: if you yeah. could hear your your heart beating in your head all the time, it would drive you mad, wouldn't it? And we've only got one. It, it does. Yeah. Well, most of us. And and you do, you do hear it at times. I yes. mean, Darren, I right? I do all the time. It's called pulsatile tinnitus. Ah. Are you telling us that you're the master? <laughs> well, half half of him. <laughs> Darren is the master. He's the master. I knew it, Darren. I knew it. <laughs> I'm the bubes yes, so, um, to your master. So so the doctor escapes to what she assumes is going to be 21st century England, but it isn't. It's the Second World War. And Which is a bugger. We, <laughs> we heard, didn't we, before, um, before the series started, Chibnall saying that this story was going to be uh, an epic and the biggest thing that the show has, has done. And I think in terms of locations and time zones used... In, in depth across the entire story. It, it probably is in that respect. Yeah, I did like the bouncing it, it, around in time. Yeah. I thought that was quite cool. It was sort of reminiscent reminiscent of the chase. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not not uh, not the chase that Bradley Walsh is in, I'm assuming. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> and Jody made a comment about loving the fact that she was going, we were here, we were there, we were here, we were there in uh, different interviews that she's done in the States recently. Yes. That she talked about the fact that they were going from location to location to location. And she just loved it. Yeah. It was fantastic for them. And and, and I, I'm sure it was. And, exciting. And none of it happening with the TARDIS. Well, apart from some of the bits in part one, obviously, but very little of it actually happening with the TARDIS mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. And it does also show that a lot of what we saw from the trailer, which did look just simply from the variety of stuff that was in there was 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 really scattered across the all the stories in the series which of course it could have been this year because the the filming had, had um, wrapped up such a long time ago but <laughs> because we've been to so many places it does look now look like as is normally the case that so much, a vast majority of the trailer was actually from these first two episodes like the bit under the floorboard mm-hmm. where where the doctor's um, yeah. hiding which uh, that was another good scene wasn't it when um, when the master comes in with the with the troops, and without a word being said across the board, just they just open fire, and you think that the doctor's—I <clears> I <throat> thought she was she was hiding under a bed, which I which which that's what it looked really like. Really wouldn't. 
It did to start with, didn't it? That's what I thought. Um, and I thought, well, that's a bit obvious, isn't it? And then obviously it turns out it wasn't under the bed and there were these secret, secret panels under the floorboard. But yeah, nice to see that scene taking place with no dialogue as well. Just to just showing that you don't you don't need words to to get your your point across mm-hmm. and to get the you know to get the scene done. And the master did look just brilliantly sinister. If the acting, mm. yeah, if the did, acting is good enough, you don't need the words. Did we think at times he went a little bit over the top? Mm-mm. Yes, in in a couple of places. No. Yeah, I think so. I I don't yeah, I don't I, like that frenetic side to the master. I never have. No, I don't either. I hated well, no, it with John yeah. Sim. I hated it with Missy. And there are shades of it creeping in with uh, Sasha Dewan. I liked the cool, sort of calculated style of yes. Delgado and um, Ainley, although Ainley could be a little yes. bit pantomime sometimes. He was still quite sort of. Oh yes, definitely. And but he was he was actually told, wasn't he? He was he was directed to to go bigger, bigger. Yeah. With with that, um, but I think the 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 Delgado style of being quite reeled in as performances go. Uh, it, it's that same thing as when someone's trying to be menacing. They're far more menacing if they're just very quiet and very calm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As opposed to being all shouty and ranty, because that just looks like somebody who's out of control, which obviously mm-hmm. can be scary in itself. But the person who's fully in control and very calm about it and knows what they're doing, uh, that's got more of a, a of a, pun- a, a punch to it, I think. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yes, so then we're in 1943. The Doctor meets up with yet another notable female figure from history. So we're we're ramping up the the, uh, the historical figures already this year. Yes, and two figures that I think a lot of people, certainly kids, might not have heard of and might be encouraged to actually go and look up. Yes, yes. Some I, adults too, because I didn't know who either one of these were, and I went and researched them, found out. Something. Oh, really? No, well, I did. I didn't know. I didn't know who Khan was, but that was really. Mm-hmm. I don't know if my son. Mm-hmm. I don't know if my son who Ada Lovelace's he should mm. his interest in computers mm-hmm. yes yes I mean I I, I definitely I recognised the name as soon as it yeah. was said but I I wasn't aware of the full yeah. ramifications of you know what, what they'd done I, I, I seem to vaguely remember it something something to do with computers but I didn't realise that it was it was the first person to actually write a you know a computer she code. wrote the, to make those algorithms yeah calculating a difference engine the, the, yeah yeah. Calculating machine. Calculating engine. That different, yeah. A difference yeah. engine. engine. She wrote the algorithms to make that thing work. Yeah. Yeah. That is the first computer yeah. program. Yes. Yeah, that, yes. that was quite... And in yeah. the story, obviously, which is a, which is all about data storage, as it, as it turned out to data be. Data storage. Yeah. Using yeah. The, the, the human yeah. race as, as, uh, as massive, uh, uh, massive hard drives. And obviously, Daniel Barton being the technology expert who's using computers and people's people's phones and other such devices to uh, basically mm-hmm. to <clears throat> to further his aims uh, it was it made perfect sense to have somebody you know there right from the beginning in the story and uh, yeah i thought i thought they both did a, a very good job both actresses did a very good job i think ada lovelace possibly shades it for me but i thought they both did very very well and the doctor just leaving a phone with them as well, mm-hmm. <laughs> which neither of them neither of them understand, <laughs> no. mm-hmm. and refer to it, I believe, as a contraption. <laughs> I wonder how they got a signal. <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> it's been sonic, hasn't it? Because that obviously uh, that resolves everything. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. So the doctor obviously gets gets away from uh, from 1943, having uh, got the master trapped. And the master then spends seventy-seven years, <laughs> effectively trapped, mm-hmm. and, um, and then he, comes back. I wonder what he did for those seventy-seven years. I don't know, but you have to wonder. And <coughs> that meant he was around in the fifties, uh-huh. sixties, seventies, eighties, nineties, when obviously when Unit was going, and when exactly when Roger Delgado was around. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And if he's some of that time, obviously, he sort of wormed himself into a position to be in with MI6. So, two questions need asking at this point. One, did he did he have any interaction with Roger Delgado when he was on Earth, and the Third Doctor when that when they were on Earth? And secondly, that means he was also probably working his way up through MI6 when um, John Sims, Harold Saxon, was the Prime Minister. So. Again, mm-hmm. did they? I mean, this has got big finish written all over it, hasn't it? 
It has, yeah. <laughs> you know, what what did Sasha Dewan's master do in those 77 years? Just imagine how many stories they could get out of this. <laughs> I know, Nick, if you're listening, lots of stories there in 77 years. If you're listening, Nick, haven't you got something better to do? <laughs> I, do ah. I really don't think Nick is going to be listening to this somehow. Much as I, yeah, would, never, like, never I would like to hear that. Wouldn't that be fun? So, yeah, so then we get the scene with... Um, Having having had uh, Barton look like he wanted to, wants his mother's approval, and then showing how bad he is by basically just killing her straight away. Yes, gratuitously. The master comes back, comes back, times it to perfection, as as he has done several times during the episode, and meets up with the with the companions. Who actually, we this is something that we've missed, of course, the fact that they had to go on the run because using again technology to track them wherever they are. Have you ever seen that? Um, Mm-hmm. For those people in the UK, I don't know if the same thing is available in the US, but you've ever seen that programme Hunted? Yes, yes. You're not allowed any technology and you have to go off-grid. And No. Yeah, basically they've, they've done it with, with members of the public. They've also done celebrity versions. Mm. The idea being that there's a team that has got at their disposal all the, the technology, all the techniques used by MI6 and people like that to, to be able to track something. You know, that's vehicle recognition technology access to all the ccd cctv cameras access to everybody's um social media tra- tracing of phones and phone hacking with um with people using numbers and what have you and and these people are basically given a, a head start to get away and then this team tries to track them down and it's it's fascinating to watch to see how hard it is to actually go off the grid and it, it basically means pretty much, you know, going rural. You can't you can't survive within cities because um, there's 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 too many cameras around and and uh, and and too many people who who will see you who will then potentially report things back to that. But if you go off off grid, then you can do it. And exactly what happens on this program is what happened here, in that these mm-hmm. uh, these people when they're on the, when they're hiding, they've been successfully hiding for several days. Um, and then they cannot leave it alone. They get cocky, and they they try contacting their family or their friends, and that's what generally leads to the the trail opening back up again and them being them being tracked down. And this is pretty much what happened happened here. You know, they they'd been mm-hmm. they'd successfully managed to get away, and then Yaz phones her mum, and then suddenly oh damn you Yaz yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's because I'm a phone specialist. No, yes, you can... are not a phone specialist. <laughs> Nobody believes that you're a phone specialist. I work for a mobile phone. Go ahead. <laughs> yes. Um, right, so one of the things I suspect Darren might not have been so keen on, um, Bradley's laser shoes. Oh, I was going to bring God. that up. They, that oh, was, that was painful. It was obviously thrown in for comic mm-hmm. relief and as a you know a sort of a tongue-in-cheek way of them being able to uh to escape i i didn't i thought it was harmless no. i thought it was harmless it, it wasn't a, talk, make me soft to shuffle it, yeah it it wasn't up to the standard of the rest of the episode but i i found it pretty harmless and it was you know it was it was quite funny at times <laughs> the fact that he was clearly he was clearly yeah. quite competent with them and and obviously managed to sort of get a little bit of control after after he knew what was going on Mm-hmm. No, I didn't care for it either. No, well, it wasn't the highlight of the episode. I think we can uh, safely say. Oh no, no. <laughs> I, I did. Li- I did. Li- I did like the line about Yaz t- uh, with Yaz telling Ryan not to uh, tell them their entire plan, which is yes. basically what yes. happens in every James Bond film. Yeah. Mm. the villain explains the entire plan and then leaves Bond to die with multiple ways of escaping. Yes, and it's not like it's not like this is the first time that Ryan's made a similar mistake, is it? No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bless him. Yes, so then the um the companions are are trapped and uh, the doctor is is basically oh we've had the bit where the doctor's forced onto her knees, haven't we? That was an earlier scene. We missed that. That was mm-hmm. that was a that was a Yeah, that uh, that's the one I saw. Mm. That was good. That was an excellent scene. Yes. Yeah, very pyramids yes. of Mars. Uh Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. Very. It was beautiful. Yes, we've had we've had uh, similar things happen to the Doctor before, where you know forced down into into states. Also reminiscent as well of um, of the scene in uh, Sound of Drums, 
when the doctors obviously realise that it's the master and they have that phone conversation um, and the master says I love it when you say my name yes yeah and that's kind of come back in this with, mm. you know, mm -hmm. say my name master I didn't hear that and then she says it louder and then, so I still didn't catch it and then she says it's softer mm. Mm -hmm. and it's like because she's now reached that point where she's really sort of I don't want to do this that's what he wanted to get to he wanted to get to that really forcing herself to say a bit I think that was good yeah I love that scene and I love the fact that he wasn't again his eyes were giving away the fact that he wasn't he was enjoying it but at the same time he was getting teary eyed which is interesting because it's like what what's going on here what's going on uh, seriously what's going on here are you getting so excited that you're you're evil nasty making her do all these nasty or him or her him the doctor do all these nasty things or and that's what's giving you your jollies to the point of of teary-eyed or is it not quite the pleasure that you thought you were going to get uh, and I you're think, getting teary-eyed i think it's uh I, I i didn't particularly clock that bit but i i would say that that would be the master in in the same way as we've when it looks like uh ainley's won uh you know and when the master thinks he's actually he's actually defeated the doctor in the first part of the the uh, you know the end of the uh, the first episode that sort of joy is he's finally got one over on the doctor he really thinks that he's actually he's actually now in the in the superior position and, and has won uh, didn't he have a line something about when he says i'm getting a buzz from this that this is what i'm was created, created to, to be. be this is what i was created to be but that also went back to I wonder the, if that ties in with the end possibly there was that lovely line about when when i arrange your death i expect you to stay dead that's a very bo that's a very bond line <laughs> i like that <laughs> yeah yes uh -huh. yes so where do we go from there though the master is has returned back uh, and then we had stupid to... stupid spinny woman yeah i did say the stupid spinny woman was going to um was going to was going to have some relevance didn't i in this week's episode yeah you did um, I, I didn't expect Miles. it to be. I didn't expect it. To, well, no, crikey, uh, hardly. I just thought it might have some bearing, and and it did. Um, I didn't know in what context it would have some bearing. Um, I thought it might have been maybe some sort of manifestation of the of the actual form of the aliens, you know, or something that tied into them with that. But it, it turned out to to basically just be kind of like a control device. So, mm -hmm. but it did have a it did have a bearing. So. Yay. So something else, <laughs> something else that the doctor went back and fucked about. <laughs> yes, yes, and which was quite moffaty, really. Yeah, the way that the way that the story played with time was was uh, was was very much uh, akin to the sort of thing that Stephen Moffat would have done. I don't know if Chibnall's done the whole plot contrivance thing quite as well as as Moffat would do, but I think he's done a, a pretty firm job, really. For oh, it was certainly contrived. <laughs> <laughs> so up to this point Darren what what are the bits that you haven't found so so great about the story because I think the rest of us are, are all quite on board with it I think I, like I say those are I've picked out bits that I liked but as as a whole it just didn't gel at all as a story it felt very disconnected didn't really resolve anything from the first half it felt like it felt like a bit of a letdown do I you think, think the, anticlimactic do you think the disjointed Thing might have something to do with the fact that it did flit from different time zones quite so so freely that it that you know we moved from like basically four different places within a very short space of time possibly yeah i mean normally i would like that sort of thing but too much too soon yeah it, it felt very rushed i see i thought again uh, as with last week's episode it cracked along at a right old pace Mm -hmm. um, you did have that that nice little scene with um, with Ryan and Yaz and Graham when they were when they'd escaped and they were just they just sort of chilled down a bit and they were just mm. talking and that actually gave the story a little bit little bit of room to breathe. It didn't necessarily move things on particularly, but it, it did it did give it a nice little pause, a nice little character moment at that point. But I think yes, had this been a classic series story. Then, because the two the two parts basically are between uh, well, just over two hours, about two hours and five minutes, I think, something like that, or two hours and ten minutes in total length. 
which is akin to a six-part story in the old in the old series. Um, and when you think of how much has been done within that time, I think we'd be looking at something probably more akin to the War Games if we were going back to classic classic series times. There'd be at least another four episodes worth to fit in everything that we fitted in in these two stories to do it justice. Yeah, to do yeah to do it well not to, not to do it justice or to expand on but it, just to do it to do it in the old-fashioned way when when the pace was a bit slower and when they did you know I mean they had their their action moments obviously but um, you you would. You would elaborate more on things, and you, the pace would just be generally slower. There'd be more room for it to breathe, mm. and what have you. And I think that, yeah, and maybe that's what you needed for the story to work for you, so that it didn't feel so disjointed. If it was given, given more of a flow, instead of going bouncing from one thing to the other quite so quickly, if there was more of a more of a curve. That's entirely possible because I am a big fan of the longer classic era stories that the. The ones that tend yeah. to be a little slower, stories like Ambassadors of Death, um, which is widely regarded yeah. as quite slow, but I think is just fantastic. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, the the, the classic series stories are quite often um, accused of of having a, a lot of padding. Yeah, to make them as long as they are, and in some instances, I don't think in some instances that's true, but in, in some in other instances that is. You know, that's just giving the story room to develop at, at the, the pace that television was at at that time. Yeah, basically, so. and that's that's the point I was going to. When the the one some of those stories were written you had to write a good story, and you had to take a lot more time because you didn't have technology to special effects that we. I mean, there's a lot of CGI in this uh, in this episode, obviously that you couldn't do that years ago. There's just there's no way no. to have done that, and CGI CGI is often used to accelerate stories, and I noticed that specifically in Matt Smith era. I'm not a Matt Smith's doctor simply because it just felt too hyper, going too fast. Moffat tried to stuff everything and the kitchen sink, forty five minute story. It's like by the time it was over with, it's like I always felt like I had been locked in PhD. Yeah, on crack. I think for and it's like and it's <laughs> like oh my god. I, I need a break. For me, the benchmark example for that is Invasion of the Dinosaurs and what it would be like if it was made today. <laughs> because I think if it was if it was made today, mm. it would be dinosaurs everywhere and the story would be half-assed. Whereas back then, okay, the dinosaurs were absolute rubbish. Mm-hmm. There's no getting around that fact. But you didn't see very much of them. Yeah. So most of the threat was implied and the rest of it had to be story. I would actually refute the fact that the dinosaurs in Invasion of the Dinosaurs are absolute rubbish I think that the the Tyrannosaurus didn't work particularly because it was too slow and lumbering um, I think a lot of the other ones actually did work because they weren't actually supposed to move very much when they didn't move yeah when they yeah when they weren't moving they were they, okay. they only moved um, very slowly then then they would and they looked fine on their own it was just when they actually had to do something that's when there was a problem because they were well the tyrannosaurus was was a man in a suit basically wasn't it, it was a, a man in a full size dinosaur suit yeah and the and the dinosaur um, the brachiosaur or they called it a brontosaurus back then um, and um, brontosaurus yeah tyrannosaurus fight was just oh that was yeah that 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 clearly that didn't work because they 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 didn't have the movement in the in the two creatures to do that but which that would have been something that would have been nice to have um you know to seen a, a an updated version of keeping the story fundamentally as it was but if that was made nowadays it would be i think probably 70% substance uh so 70% cgi substance and 30% story whereas it had to rely on all those different elements of the story you know the fake spaceship and all that sort of stuff mm-hmm. and yeah it was it, it would also be at least 45 50 minutes shorter yeah fitted into the same time which again is you know is what we're saying about the, the the pace of the story now and that's that's the pace generally i don't think we'll be going at this pace for the entire series i think we will naturally have to slow down i also think that <laughs> the, the with everything that they've done with this story, we're going to get stories that are going to be a bit more what they call bottle stories, aren't they? Which are basically cheaper stories, just just set in a mm-hmm. room <laughs> where the doctor's talking to talking to the companions. That's fundamentally it because they haven't got any money left because they've spent it all on these yeah. two. They <laughs> pissed it all away on this one, yeah. So there's one thing really that we need to talk about, which of course is mm-hmm. Gallifrey. Yeah. 
Oh wow, that yeah. Uh huh. Didn't like that either. No. We had this we had this lovely line earlier on from the master which is everything you think you know is a lie. Mm-hmm. That left on its own hovering, I thought was woo ooh, that's that's intriguing. What does that mean? Gallifrey being destroyed and basically the master destroying it because of what they did to them, what they told them, the way that they've hoodwinked them in some way, shape or form. Darren, you're not keen, obviously. No, don't like that idea at all. 50 billion Daleks couldn't destroy the planet, yet this twerp turns up. (laughs) 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 And the entire planet lies in fucking ruins. Mm. (laughs) But do you not think that potentially 50 billion Daleks couldn't do it, but if one Dalek had actually been on on the planet, it might have done a little bit more, a little bit more damage? The master working from the inside, being able to travel around undetected. Where do you find it, anyway? Supposed to be tucked away in a bubble universe or some shit. Yes, but the doctor found it before, <laughs> didn't he? Maybe the, maybe the master had a confession dial mm-hmm. as well and went through several billion years of, <laughs> of, of trying to of bullshit. <laughs> trying trying to punch <laughs> his way through a through a diamond. Yeah, wall. no. If I was if I had to punch my way through a fifty foot thick diamond wall, I'd get. I'd be pissed when I came out on the other side. <laughs> if he's gone and destroyed Gallifrey, why didn't you just go back a week earlier, sit there and wait for him and turn it and punch his lights out? We're, b- we're back to the ca- curse of fatal death again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I'm not very keen on all this destruction of planets business. I, uh, I didn't like well, it. We- yeah. It was. I, I mean, I, don't get me wrong, I love Remembrance of the Daleks, but I didn't like the destruction of Scarrow. No, and... That that didn't stay didn't stay destroyed, did it? <laughs> no, exactly. The Daleks, exactly. The Daleks rebuilt it. No, <laughs> this won't stay destroyed either. It got better. Yeah, this will not stay destroyed. Well, well are we going? To, are we going? Yeah, exactly. That was exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, we're alternating with showrunners. Russell T Davies destroys Gallifrey. Stephen Moffat said, "Oh no, it's not." <laughs> Kristen Moss yes. said, "Oh yes, it is." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, where does it end? Over to the next showrunner then. <laughs> to bring it back um, at least when uh, when when Moffat uh, undestroyed it um, it was uh, eight years after the show had come but uh, had, you know had come back and, and Gallifrey had been destroyed mm-hmm. mind you saying that I suppose it's it's nearly seven years now since it's, this, since it's, it's come back seven and he's, now, he's, yeah. he's uh, bumped <laughs> it off again so. does this mean we're going to have a whole season now of an angsty doctor like the sort of um... well we did have hmm. didn't we we did have uh, in the trailer the it's coming for me line and is oh, know, yeah. that looked quite angsty so I mean it doesn't necessarily follow that that's that that's from this particular arc but I think we have to logically assume that that this um, and the aliens and the master and Barton and what have you is potentially going to be the the arc that's going to run through the series or at least elements of the arc that's going to run through the series. And the timeless child. Yeah, who do you think... Who, the timeless child. The timeless who do we think child. the timeless child is? Mm-hmm. Well, clearly somebody without a watch. <laughs> <laughs> that would be me. Robin! I don't wear a watch anymore. You are the time. I don't wear a watch anymore. It could be someone <laughs> who invents one. I don't know. Omega. Boom! Omega. Hey, my mommy. That was lost on any, cool anyone who's Susan. not a watch aficionado. I don't know why... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would be that would be cool if it was Susan. Because they said that she may be making a cameo sometime. Well she's Caroline Ford has said she would like yes. to I'd love to see Caroline Ford back in it. Make an appearance, so mm-hmm. uh, she'd be brilliant. Well if they if they're going to do it, they need to do it fairly soon. Yeah. Uh, and so and the question does remain, you know, would they? And I think if 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 Susan did come back, I put I would put money on the fact that Susan would come back and probably regenerate, <laughs> so that we would then have a much younger Susan who could potentially carry on for a bit. Yeah, longer. but I've I've always liked it when um, newer doctors meet their older companions. I'm I'm I've been listening to a Big Finish story. Um, mm-hmm. I blowed if I can remember what it's called, but the Sixth Doctor meets uh, Victoria. And yes. it's fantastic. And there's there's a great Seventh Doctor story called The Defectors, uh, in which he me- meets Joe Grant. Yeah. And I I love that. I think it's fantastic. The, the two Doctors, where 
yeah, Jamie and the second Doctor. Sexy and Perry, yeah, meet uh, Jamie, yes. yeah. Yes, it's 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 nice to see these things, and you know, uh, where we had um, the fifth Doctor meeting the Brigadier in Mordred and Undead that was originally supposed to be in Chester. Yeah, and obviously nothing nothing sent uh, chills down anyone's spine like the tenth Doctor meeting Sarah Jane. Yeah, I mean that was that was that just was iconic. Lovely. Yes, and of course it's something that can that can be done much more readily with the companions because they are expected to grow older. Yeah, what have you? Whereas, whereas the, mm-hmm. if a doctor returns, we're expecting the doctor to be as the doctor was when we last saw them. I and mean, of course, yeah. none of them are. Not even now. I mean, if if you wanted Christopher Eccleston to come back, that would be more problematical because nearly fifteen years has gone by since he was mm-hmm. last the doctor, and he has naturally. Yeah, changed. that was one of the things that didn't work in the two doctors yeah. that they they didn't make any attempt to make Pat Triton look. Younger, you know, they could have sort of dyed his hair at least. Yeah, I think I think that was an objection that he had to it rather than anything else. I think we got away with Fraser Hyde looking fundamentally the you know the same. He hadn't changed. No, he that hadn't. Much, considering how young he was at the time. No, he hadn't. Not really. But I mean that that didn't that didn't bother me in that story because I just love it. I just think it's a cracking story. Yeah. So anyway, we're 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 talking about the timeless child, and obviously, as at this moment in time, we have no idea what that means uh, I, I do think it may be Omega I don't know I don't know if that long after Arc of Infinity being the last time that Omega was used whether that would whether that it would work obviously for uh, I think for, for our long standing fans and those people with, a, with an in-depth knowledge of the show would it work for the casual audience it would depend how it was done yeah I think potentially I don't know. I don't know if it's something that we're necessarily looking at. And besides, isn't Omega off on his own spin-off series with K9? Oh, is he? Or film. It was a film, wasn't it, they were going to make? Oh, that Time Timequake? Yeah. yeah, I haven't paid any attention to what happened really? on that because it just looks <laughs> absolute shit. I, I, yes, it, I can't see it Can't see it being a massive success. But. K, K9 is the most... Have you seen the K9? It's the most ridiculous-looking fucking thing you've ever seen in your natural. It looks like it's made out of Lego. <laughs> And stickle bricks. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas, of course, the original K9 looked entirely plausible. <laughs> well, a lot more plausible than that piece of shit. It did. The original K9 did look more like something that could have been constructed because it was constructed. I mean, this wanker can fly. Mm. <laughs> have, have you, have you ever seen the Australian TV series K9? I, I wouldn't go out of no. my way to find it if I was. Don't you. bother. There's this. It's a. It's a. The original K9 does... is in the is in the first the first story, and then he regenerates into a new look K9 because they were yeah. Oh no. Yeah, and hangs around with a dopey ass Aussie kid and. Instead of wheeling around like K9 normally does, he levitates. Oh, God. It, it was interesting, however. It was interesting, uh, it must be said in this, to see the Australians do basically what they've been doing in Cardiff for so many years, and that's trying to make where they were where they were filming, which in the, was actually, I think it's just a set, to be honest, but claiming it was London when it looked absolutely nothing <laughs> like anything that London has ever looked like in its life. <laughs> even even set in the future, this this, this was definitely not London. Cardiff Cathedral? Um, no, we've no reason for that. why that's in the middle of London. Just ignore that, boy Like all the planets in the Stargate series all look like British Columbia. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, and all the do. planets in the original Star Trek series have, have polystyrene rocks in them. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, mm-hmm. actually, I've some of the Star Trek series. I've actually been to the state park in California. Hmm. Is that that one with that particularly prominent prominent rock? So not all of them were poly- polystyrene rocks. Some of them were actually real rocks. Yes, yes, yes. That's the that's the one where the uh, Kirk fights the Gorn, isn't it? I love I love that. I love yeah, that. Yeah, I thought that was what you. Just dropping that in there. I absolutely love that story. But, yes. Do we think Jodie Whittaker is going to fight the Gorn this season? <laughs> <laughs> they could get that plastic Tyrannosaurus from the I don't know, um, you know. invasion of the dinosaurs and just go, rawr, rawr. <laughs> Just to tie it all back in. Yes. The and title maybe... could be mm. Gorn with the Wind. And that's why we have Sue on. Because everybody wants to see lizards in a cocktail dress. 
Absolutely, uh, absolutely. I, I've got only two it's words to say a, to you with that, Madam Vastra. It's been a, a fetish of mine for years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do, one thing I would say with this uh, episode slash season so far is Jodie Whittaker has been a lot more doctoring. I would say yes, but then that was always likely, wasn't it? With a year, le- with a year to bed in, and mm-hmm. learning, learning from the mistakes from last yeah. year. But she's she's really. She's really grown into the part, I think, um, much more than any of the other Doctors in their second season. But was that because the other Doctors... Were better written in the first season, I got think. A ha- got, or, uh, possibly better written. Oh! Or got a handle on the part. Okay, well, I'm going to have to... I have to say this. She was amazing in the first season, so I'm sure she's going to be double amazing in this season because, you know, she, I was just... Adore her. Oh, don't don't get me wrong. I I I loved her in the first season. I I thought she was fantastic. I just don't think she was terribly well written in in some of the episodes. Yeah. As no, as a doctor, no. I, I liked. Her. I mean, the, the 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 one that particularly stands out, I think, in that respect, is at the end of the Ghost Monument. Ilin disappears off with the, with the others, and they're just there. And she goes, "Oh well, I failed you. That's it. That's it. It's over." Oh. No, we've lost. Oh dear. Oh, no. And it's like, well, hang on a minute. Mm-hmm. No, wait a minute. The doctor wouldn't yeah. just give up at that. Instance. How do you remember all this shit? No. I can't even remember the episode from last week. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you, dear, and I. I can only remember all the classic ones Man. because I've seen them nine million times. <laughs> <laughs> Same here. <laughs> Somebody asked me. Some, and even somebody that, asked me on names. Twitter the other day on, in my DMs, "What did you think of Extremis?" I said, what the fuck is Extremis? <laughs> I don't know. I still don't know what it was. You'd, you'd be great with any story with the silence in it, then. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> At least you'd have a legitimate reason for not remembering that. Right, so to uh, just to, to, to round up things, then. Um, so where do we think we're heading with the whole Gallifrey thing? Do we, do we have any ideas as to where this might be leading? Do we have any ideas as to... You know what we think will be happening. Unpleasant retconning springs to mind. Yeah. yeah, that's what I'm afraid of. I don't know. I don't know quite what to expect. I mean, we've had, you know, there's been there's been retconning previously, and every new producer or showrunner does things their own way and kind of sets the show in the direction that they think it should go. And sometimes that does contradict quite a lot what's gone previously you know let's take for example the 1970 season season seven which obviously set up by Derek Sherwin the doctor not traveling around in the TARDIS exiled to earth one solitary companion but a team around him stories you know basically more like the Avengers rather than anything that gone before that 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 sort of massive change in direction and and what have you would have been quite a culture shock I would have thought to people yeah. back then but he seemed to expect it and then you had um, The Deadly Assassin which fundamentally rewrote everything that we knew about the Time Lords which is one of the reasons why the, the Doctor Who Appreciation Society at the time and their members were so up in arms against it because it it, it changed what had gone before yeah, well, The Doctor Whereas, Who Appreciation Society if, uh, to be fair don't do a hell of a lot of fucking appreciating, do they? <laughs> <laughs> I think I think anyone um, who who criticises Doctor Who um, as uh, from a fan perspective is doing so because it's not the way that the show was when they most liked it, and that it's changed from that from that side of things. So they 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 are appreciative, just not appreciative in the way that it's changed. There's the no has... doubt about that because when I criticize it, I'm I'm doing so from the the perspective of a classic era fan. I and I, I can't deny yeah. that. Yeah. Um it's not that I, it's yeah, not that I, I don't still it's, love it's the show. Of... I do. Uh of course I do. I well, wouldn't I mean last week you were highly highly uh, you know in praising it. Yeah, I mean I wouldn't be here doing this if I didn't love it anymore, but um no, I, exactly. I am a, I'm a, I'm, I am an old school classic story kind of guy, so yes. And I thought that you know the pace and everything was was different with this with this story, but I do think it was it was more akin to um, the the kind of story that we'd been used to in the past, as opposed to what we had last year. I thought, mm. but with this whole sort of Gallifrey and the Chibnall, I, I do kind of worry that it's going to be with Russell T Davis. It was 
oh, Gallifrey's been destroyed. And with Moffat, it was, yay, Gallifrey's back. And with Chibnall, it was going to be, fuck y'all, Gallifrey's Belgium. <laughs> Just so he can sort of stamp a different mark on it. I don't actually think Gallifrey is going to be Belgium, by the way. <laughs> All that. In which case, who is the little pissing boy? Is that the timeless child? <laughs> That's the timeless child. Yes. I thought that was a girl. What the pissing boy? No, a... Or the timeless child? Uh, well, the it's pissing, a boy. Whatever it was. Was it pissing? Yes. Well, really? I didn't. I do not think that is a girl, Darren. <laughs> no, it's definitely it's definitely a boy. If we're talking about the same thing, if we're talking about the little statue, fountain statue, where the water comes out of his knob. No, I'm talking about the kid that was seen in the flashback at the end of Gallifrey or whatever it was. No. What about a bloody statue? I don't. I don't think that the that the little child that we saw in the flashback was the uh, the pissing boy from Belgium. No. No. Sorry to sorry to piss on that theory. <laughs> Leave me alone. I'm old. <laughs> so. <coughs> So there we have it, listeners. Darren's old. We've 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 found out that the timeless child is actually a small a small statue of a boy pissing water out in Might Belgium. Be a girl. We've 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 resolved the the all the mysteries of the series, <laughs> or have we? Gallifrey is Belgium. Gallifrey is Belgium, <laughs> and there's going to be an episode somewhere in this series called Gone with the Wind. <laughs> and Omer is going to become a great watchmaker. Yes. And if there is a Gorn That's with right. the wind, frankly, my dear, Darren does not give no. a damn. Oh, that, yes! That's <laughs> perfect. Good, good, yes. good one. So uh, so next week, uh, we have uh, an entirely different story. Uh, Orphan 55, it's called. And I have no mm. idea what to expect from this. It's supposed to be quite dark, I believe. Yes, I, su- I suspect we're going to have a lot more heft to the stories this year than we had we had last year. I don't think all of them necessarily. There might be a couple of lighter ones in there. But I, 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 I mean, if it is a dark story, it's an interesting choice because James Buckley is very much a comedic actor. Yes, but then so is Lenny Henry, uh, so is Stephen mm. Fry, so is Bradley mm-hmm. Walsh. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, you know what? Though I, I truly hope that this trend of rapid cuts and flashing left and right so that anybody that has an issue with lights or quick cuts or anything we're out of it we're totally left out of the series except for little bits and pieces as you've noticed with me in both episode one and episode two it's like okay cover your eyes open your eyes cover your eyes open your eyes that's enough to make you sick Mm. in itself Mm. but the fact that that anyone that has a disability the fact that they have a character with the disability on the show, or a character, not, of course, not Tolson, but the character, with a disability on the show, and yet write the show so that people that have epilepsy cannot watch the show, is absolutely ridiculous. And Christopher Chibnall, urgh, I hope it doesn't continue in that vein. Because I really, well, some of the flashing, really want to yeah, see yeah, this. I, some of the flashing gives me a headache. Well, anyone who with so I, dread to, I yeah. dread to think what it does to anyone with epilepsy. It's oh, bloody awful! Yeah, I, I don't know if it's one of these things though, whereby if you were to take into consideration any problems that any person might have with what you intend to do, what we would we end up with any show at all? Yes, because there were many shows in the classics in the classic season that. W- didn't cause a problem. You guys noticed that with me because I was able to watch things yes. and participate as a main character. We come into the new Who. Eccleston's period was okay and is okay for pretty much the whole part of it until his regeneration. And at that point, it doesn't, you know, upgrade type of thing, but not really because I love Christopher Eccleston. But David Tennant comes in and Rose is like, woo. We go into Tennant's time and you're noticing that all of a sudden I'm having to be very careful of what I'm watching what I'm doing and I'm still playing roles I cannot watch Blink at all so I mean then we move into that it's, it's not it's it's not like it's not like ep- no I'm not in that you're, you're not in Blink so <laughs> it's not like epilepsy it's not like epilepsy and photosensitivity are even particularly rare conditions I mean it's not like mm. sort of having no. a phobia of daffodils or well that would fuck anyone right. with terror of the autumns wouldn't it 
<laughs> it would. I was going to say yes. Don't watch Terror of the Autons. If... Oh my god! <laughs> but I mean, it's, but you know, th- it's common, and it's it's one of those things that every program gives warnings about usually. Mm-hmm. So you'd think they would be a bit mm-hmm. mindful. And they don't give warnings. They don't give warnings at all. No, I have no, I, ha- I have noticed that. And mm. there are children. There are people who who have children that they have no idea have seizures until bam, they're doing it right in front of the TV set. Well, what was happening Im- immediately before? Mm. Oh, this. And so you know the whole the whole idea of at least give us warning. There are scenes in this show that have flashing quick cuts. This might be a problem for people with epilepsy or migraines. Yeah, yeah. I mean that. This is a common, common disorder, and my dog is whap, 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 because it's alerting to the fact that I'm starting to feel funny. Mm. Off mm. goes the show, but that has not happened all the way through Sylvester's time, and we haven't gotten we haven't gotten all the way up until that up up through all the show or all the stories through Sylvester's time but that has not happened with the classic season it does happen with the new who yeah and one of my friends again I think it goes back to the editing and the technology again yes but I agree with you I agree with you 100% it doesn't affect me but I can definitely affect people yeah and and so anybody listening please please at least give a warning if you're if you happen to be <clears throat> listening to this and happen to say oh hey this would be kind of a nice thing to do is to give warnings please i'll drop the bbc an email yes so there you have it viewers listeners this concludes our episode for this week in which we have just we have established that doctor who is evil no and should be taken off the air immediately (laughs) oh god no that's not what i said i did not say that the bbc is is the spawn of satan Fake news, fake news. <laughs> we didn't say that, And that BBC. Sue doesn't bother watching anything anyway. <laughs> we didn't say that. We didn't say that. <laughs> anyway, she... listeners, we hope you will you will join us next week when uh, hopefully the reviews of Orphan 55 will not involve flashing and Sue will actually be able to watch some of the episodes this time and give more of an opinion on it based on well, the actual storyline. You know what will be interesting, Miles, is when we're actually doing these episodes with yet with me as Yaz, and I'm like, yeah. I'm doing it blind. Like, anybody remember when we used to do improv? Yeah, I yeah. think we need to get back to that. <laughs> yeah. um, well, to be I'll fair, be we're, a... we'd only need two or three more people to be free to be able to do something. So yeah, so if you're listening, get your asses over here. Exactly. Yes, please. Please, listeners, we would like we would like to go do some intro- improv. Although we are we are um, obviously hoping to do the reviews of of the entire series, so um, I don't know if we'd actually have time to record any improv stuff for the next few weeks. But that just gives uh, gives everyone a chance to uh, to express an interest and get on board, so that when the series finishes, you can you can join in with us to do some jolly fun comedy improv stuff, have a good old laugh, and enable us to get some more episodes out. Hurrah! Yay! And no experience needed. Exactly. Experience is not necessary. We're a lovely group of people. Come join us. As I'm sure you've, you've determined from listening, I'm not. listening to this... This... <laughs> this... This waffle today. Darren's a grouchy old fuck, but the rest of us are fine. <laughs> yes, if you like the expression, grouchy old fuck, then come and join us. I wouldn't have my sixy any other way. Come for the who, be sworn at by me. Exactly. <laughs> anyway, say goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. See you next week. Bye bye. like to get involved with Doctor Who's lines in any way, there's many different ways that you can do so. Obviously, we're always looking for cast members. So if you just fancy having a go, having a go at a bit of improv, the more people we can get involved, the better the chance of actually recording something and therefore producing new episodes for you to listen to. 
so you can reach us through Twitter, through Facebook, any one of us you can speak to, myself, Kat, Suki, Robin, Sue, any one of us. Just let, let us know that you're interested and we'll get you in, on board and you can have a go. You can also, if you like, try your hand a bit of editing. My new job is taking up a lot of my time and therefore I'm not getting much of an opportunity to do much editing and I can't do much at the moment anyway because all the files are in the ether. But if we produce new stuff, it would be nice if somebody else would like to have a go at that. So you can do that. Obviously, if you fancy producing sound effects, music, ideas for plots, ideas for uh, characters, anything like that, we'd be more than grateful to receive them and we'll instigate anything that we can for you. And of course, it always helps to uh, boost our, our ratings, boost our public profile, if we can get likes and comments on things like iTunes. So if you've listened to the podcast and you like what you hear, just stick a few stars on it for us. Just write a little review. It would be very much appreciated. And if it gets us out there, more people hear us, more people might be interested in joining in. We might get more cast as a result of that. It keeps the podcast going. So any assistance you can give us in that direction would be very much appreciated. And as mentioned previously, we will be back in a couple of weeks with our next episode. So until then, cheerio. From all of us here on BBC One, a very good night. Good night.